They might not have hair, but they really do care about faith and life. Two Bald Pastors. Welcome to Two Bald Pastors, a podcast about real faith and real life. I am Jeff Sinabaldo. And I'm Joe McGarry. And we are two follically challenged pastors serving in congregations of the New England Synod and the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. We are here for special edition Lent. Why Lent? And today we are talking about Lent for why share? You know, Jeff, my mom always told me that sharing is caring. So that is, I mean, episode over, drop the mic. We're good, right? Yeah, what's the the um, opposite of that? The two-year-old says, what's mine is mine and what's yours is mine. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so sharing is an important part of our faith and something that I think we are all called to do. Uh, you know, we, we have shared many times that, you know, God blesses us, so part of our call as Christians is to bless others. But I think it goes a little deeper than that, and... Uh, let's kind of take a look at some of the scriptures we have for this particular topic. We are continuing in Matthew's Gospel, Matthew six, nineteen through 24. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust consume, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consumes, and, neither, and where thieves do not break in and steal." For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God. And wealth. That's almost mic drop worthy, too. That is, right there. Hey. I'm rem- reminded of the uh, esteemed theologian Qui Gon Jinn. Oh, yes. Who once said, Your focus determines your reality. And I think there's a lot of truth in that. There is. There is. I mean, if all you're ever thinking about is more, and if all you're ever thinking about are your wants, your desires, and how to, to get more of that. Um, you're not going to see your neighbor. You're not going to take notice of God's blessing in your life. You're not going to enjoy the moment. You know, you're going to be fixated on stuff. Right. And uh, hey, let's be honest. That is our culture. Our our culture is absolutely 100% fixated on stuff and self-gratification and um, the quote, good life, whatever that is. And uh, we miss a lot by doing that. I think it's important to point out, especially when we look at Hebrews, which is another reading, Hebrews 13, chapter, uh, chapter 13, verse 5, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. It's not that money is bad. It's not that we all have to live lives of poverty, but it's that love of money. And we talk a lot about sin in the church, and getting stuff is not sinful. Wanting stuff, maybe, even is is not sinful. But when your stuff becomes more important to you than the relationships 
that you have with other people and the relationship that you have with God, when that stuff gets in the way of that relationship, that's when it starts to become sinful. So where your treasure is, what, where your life goes to show the most important things in your life, that's where your heart is. So if your treasure is in God, then your heart is with God, and that is good, because God is good. But if your treasure is stuff, then that could be problematic. Yeah, because ultimately, uh, stuff breaks, rusts, fades away, rips, tears, ultimately is meaningless. Right. If that is how you identify yourself as what you are, is are these things, what's the light uh, where moth or rust consume? It's going to be empty. It falls short. I mean, one of the things about human beings that is unique and um, should be cherished and valued is that we seek meaning in things. It's not just experiences and it's not just meeting our basic needs. It's it's finding meaning in, in what we are doing and how we're doing it. When we just chase stuff, there's not a lot of meaning there. Or maybe it, there is in the moment, but it, it fades quickly. It fades quickly, yeah, yeah. I remember when the new Apple Watch came out. I mean, I, I'm a huge Mac fan. I have a Mac computer. I have, you know, iPhone, all that, all that stuff. But what I didn't have was the Apple Watch. And it came out, and there's, there's really no way that I can just, on a, on a whim, just go out and, and, and get a, a watch or whatever. So I, I saved up for it and, you know, for a while, and, and I was so excited when it finally came. I think it was... I saved up for it. It was part of my Christmas present that year or whatever, and, and I finally got it, my, my precious Apple Watch. I put it on my wrist, and I thought instantly my life was going to change, <laughs> but it didn't. <laughs> Look, it tells time. <laughs> right, right, right. And, you know, it's that anticipation, that excitement, that buildup of, of getting something new and shiny and, and latest technology or whatever, but... A week later, I mean, I still wore it. I still use it to this day, you know, and, and it's and it's good and, and I appreciate it. But, you know, my life didn't change. Things, the world did not change. My life didn't get any easier because of it. But it was it was fun to get. And again, that's that's not the problem. I mean, the stuff is not the problem. The stuff, it's it's where you emphasize the stuff. That's exactly, the exactly. And then also is that getting in the way of your ability to share? So why do we share? Because we have been blessed with the opportunity to share. We have been blessed with the opportunity to give. And if we don't do that, we need to take a deep look inside of ourselves and saying, well, why Why are we not doing that? Yeah, and then if you look in just a wider, more macro um, way, I mean, are we, are we doing things in a way because we are so consumerism- focused that it actually exploits people in the process too and devalues their humanity. And there's a lot of that in the undercurrents of stuff that we just don't focus on or take note of or really seek to change um, because it, it benefits us. You know, so part of sharing is not just taking what you have and giving it to somebody else. It's also not taking it from them in the first place um, in a way that's exploitive, you know? Right, right, right. So in a lot of ways, it comes down to that commandment of not stealing. It's not, it's not just taking from our neighbor. It's, it's also trying to protect other people and, and trying to, to help them nurture a good life just like we would like to have a, a good life. 
Right, and not coveting. You know, I think that's part of right. it as well. You know, exactly. the, the commandments exactly. too is is we don't covet our neighbor's house or possessions or spouse or you know whatever that they may have. We don't say, well, they have it, so I need to have it. You know, and you, sometimes you see in in neighborhoods, one one family gets a new car, and the next thing you know, everybody gets the same kind of car because it's the newest and the latest and greatest, and they begin to to covet and. Uh, that's something that we need to watch as well. Yeah, but again, it's not just about don't do this and um, make sure you you give enough. It's not. It's not just that. I mean, we we have a need to give in a way that it feels good to give. Right, right. Um, it it is sharing the blessing that we have given. That's helpful. I mean, it's helpful to us as much as it is to somebody else. I mean, we want to see our communities thrive. We want people to not live with their basic needs not met. It feels good to share an expertise or a skill with someone that hasn't learned it yet and it helps them or to share our wisdom in some other way. I mean, it's not just about stuff in that regard either. You know, we want to share who we are uh, and who we are, are these uh, blessed human beings who have God active sharing with us constantly. So have you had an experience in your life when you have shared something with somebody in maybe a meaningful way to you and perhaps to the other person that that you were really just awestruck with how generosity can be such a, a good and amazing thing in your life and then the lives of others. Do you do you remember some something that you and, and or your family did that really highlighted that? Uh, well, a number of years ago, I went to Uganda on a mission trip with my friend because his church went there. And uh, I remember it was the year prior to going uh, that they were looking for sponsorships for kids to go to school in that community that we were going to go visit. And uh, I remember we, we sat down and we decided as a family we were going to do that. And um, and we did that for a few years. But it was fun going then to that school and, um, you know, half a world away with uh, a bunch of others not only working alongside them, but also uh, experiencing that community that was just so rich and vibrant and uh, uh, full of faith and, and life and singing that I, you can't describe was so uh, beautiful. But to see their gratitude in their lives of, of people, you know, I, we just did a small little thing, really, when you look at it, um, to help uh, a student get to school. But for them, it was a game changer. And... Um, it was it was really great, uh, especially because we were able to then be, at least myself, I was able to be in that community for a, a couple of weeks and um, experience what they were experiencing. It seemed like a big impact for a, a small gesture, really. And uh, I think a lot of those things we overlook. You know, you've been in situations, I know, where someone comes to church and they, they need a little help. And, uh, you know, sometimes there are those people that are really just kind of scamming and you know that they're doing that. But then there's the people that you generally help them by, you know, getting them a hotel room or giving them a gift card at a grocery store or something like that. And you can tell it just, it changes their whole outlook. Uh, and, and you think, man, we should be doing more of that. Right. Yep. And that's usually my response is, man, we should be doing more than that. It's not like, oh, well, I don't have this now because now I gave that away. It's just it's more inspires me to think, boy, there's there's just so much we have to share that 
we could spend our whole lives just focusing on that, and it would be such a good thing. Yeah, when I was uh, a youth director in Reading, Pennsylvania, one of the first days I was on the job, I was walking to the church. I lived in the parsonage right around the corner from the church, and I was walking and totally new, probably looked like uh, I had no idea what I was doing because I didn't. <laughs> I was a minority in the neighborhood. I was one of the, the few white people that lived in a neighborhood of mainly African Americans and Hispanics. And just before I got to the doors of the church, this woman pulls up, and she has tears in her eyes, and she said, I'm, I'm, I don't know what to do. She said, my husband's in the hospital. I need to buy him medicine. I have $10 left to buy medicine, but I also need gas in my car. I, I, is there any way you could help me? And being the new guy and not knowing what I was doing, I uh, reached in my pocket and pulled out the only money I had on me was a $10 bill, and I gave her $10, and she drove away. And I went inside and told my pastor that, the pastor I worked for, and the secretary, and they, they just laughed at me. <laughs> they said, you know, you don't give money away. And I said, what do you mean? He said, you know, there's very well that that woman could have needed it, and she could have used it for the purpose that she asked for, but she could have just been scamming you as well. And and he said, either way, it doesn't really matter. You know, you did what you felt was right. And he said, you know, through the food pantry and other ministries of the church, that community, that church, and they still they still do, serves probably between two to three hundred families a month, you know, over a thousand people when you kind of add it all up. And he said, if if one percent of those, even even five percent of those people come in for, and, and they scam you, they, they just try to get a little bit extra, a little bit of money, a little bit of free gas, you know, whatever it is, that's fine. But when you think about it, the other 95 percent of people are really, truly grateful for what you have shared with them. And he said, that's what we're called to do. We are called to, to give. And, and, you know, you discern when you hear the story, is this something that I believe and that I want to help this person? Then go ahead and help them. If not, then tell them, I'm sorry, I can't help you at this time. And he said, either way, it, it's going to be fine. Don't worry about those times that you may gotten taken for a few dollars here and there. You know, think about the times when you were able to truly change someone's life because you were generous. Yeah, we were um, on vacation. We were planning on going to uh, Europe this fall, but our, our plane got delayed, so we had a free day in Boston, so we were just walking around. And uh, we saw this gentleman who was who was clearly homeless and asking for help, and uh, we just happened to be in the bakery, so we picked up extra baked goods, and we're like, oh, we'll give, we'll give him some of this. So we... Um, we're carrying around and we, he was gone from that location, but there was another gentleman who was sitting there and he had a sign. He had two signs. One, he said, what would Jesus do? And then he had a hat uh, open there. And then he also had a sign that said it was his birthday. Oh, wow. Now, was it his birthday? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. But we gave him a cannoli and it was like he won the lottery. <laughs> yeah. He was so happy. Yep. You know, he was just, this is wonderful. Thank you so much for giving me this. I, you know, I never would have thought someone would have done something like that. You know, the kids and, and Tammy and I talked about it a lot on that trip. And it was, it was kind of a cool moment of actually trying to connect with somebody. It wasn't just, okay, put what you got in your pocket in the hat or, or walk by, which is what most people do. It was 
all right, we're doing this anyway. Let's get extra and let's make sure this person can receive it. And then that person wasn't there, but somebody else was, was, and uh, that worked out fine. But those are the kinds of stories where you think about, okay, I mean, did that really change that person's life all that much? I mean, are they still homeless? Yes. Do they still not have a job? Still doesn't have a job. Do they still have some problems probably that put them in those positions? Yes. Uh, but in that moment, a little compassion, a little mercy, a little generosity uh, makes a difference. And probably if we all did more of that kind of thing, it not only would, would change our communities or the, the way we interact with people, but it changes us. It does. That's, that's the real key is it's not just about doing the right amount or the right way of, of distributing <laughs> that which you want to share. It's, it's that it actually changes us in a much more open way to see the world for what it is that you don't really see on TV, right? Because you look at the news or something and it's always about, you know, some horrible thing that's happened or a horrible thing somebody did or said and the way that is, impacts people. But it's the world's a much bigger, generous place when you really dig into it and you see people giving of themselves to others and, and wanting to do the right thing for each other and I mean, we we can't change a lot of the systems that we participate in on a macro level a lot of times, but on a micro level, we can see another person as a human being and think about if I was in that position, what would it be like and just treat that person as another human and not right. as a problem or as a nuisance or as something to be discarded or overlooked, but as an equal, as another beloved child of God and and you, you're in that moment and you can do something about it. And when that happens, it's good. That's good stuff. And when that happens, lives can be changed and, and opportunities can be made known to you. And, and it's not only just the generosity that we can show as individuals, but how can we be generous as a church? And just an example of my current congregation, we have, uh, we've been, been blessed with a building that we are, have no debt on. We're, we're debt-free of the building and, and our parsonage, and we had an opportunity to uh, have um, different groups utilize our space, and one of those groups is an AA group, and they have 11 meetings a week here at the church. And that's a lot <laughs> for for those right. of you who might not know. That's I mean, every single day, except for Sundays, um, you know, six days out of the week, there are at least one meeting, uh, most of the time two meetings here at the church. And we have to sometimes be creative in the way we schedule. We have to be creative in the in the way we keep upkeep the building. And and now we also have. I'm I'm sitting here in my office, and I can see we have a Coptic Orthodox. Christian church that is worshiping in our congregation two times a week. Um, so it, it, it can be different, but we have been blessed because of those relationships. Because of those relationships, we have seen so many more benefits than we could have even possibly imagined in starting this. So I am very thankful for, for that. Uh, the congregation has been very thankful there hasn't been any significant downsides to the relationships that we have had. Uh, there's only really been positive stuff coming out of it. So, so it, it is looking at uh, maybe if it's not a financial 
generosity that you can do. Maybe it's it's utilizing things in a new and creative and different way that you can really benefit not only your life, not only your church's life, but the, the larger community as well. I think when you start using your church facility as a resource for the community and not just serving your own needs, it changes. I mean, yeah, there's wear and tear, and sometimes the garbage needs to get taken out more, and sometimes the carpet gets wrecked. I mean, that just happens. But at the same time, if your building is not there just to serve you and your needs and what you program at certain times and, you know, don't touch my stuff, and then can become a, a, a community center where lots of people are welcomed for lots of different reasons, and you are helping to, to make that happen, uh, it can change your ministry quite a bit. Yes. Now you're about you you are about being a presence in your neighborhood and um, to the people that also come through your doors uh, far greater than if they just came to worship or something. Um, you know, and sometimes people will say, "Well, we don't we want these people to join the church?" And of course, that'd be a nice thing if it happened, and we wouldn't shun people from from doing that. But that's not the real purpose in in sharing your building like that. It's really to be to stop being an island and to be integrated in the community in which you live so people can meet and do the other things that need to get done in the community. Right, right. And, um, you know, then you're actually part of what's going on. And I think part of sharing or, or living into generosity is to be a part of what's going on because I think so often we detach ourselves, faith communities especially, because a lot of us, experience church in a way where we commute to it. Um, so it's just kind of the thing I'm going to go do at church and then I'll go home. But, um, you know, if our faith community can be a part of our neighborhood and we start to look at it that way, maybe we start to make those connections and do the same thing where we live. You know, if we can be more integrated into the places where we live and act and work and the people we interact with, we, we become more a part of, of not only what we're doing, but what God's up to in those places. And it's, then your church isn't about a building anymore. It's, it's about living your faith out where God is present, which is everywhere. Yep, definitely. Amen to that. So why are we called to share? We're called to share because we have been blessed with so many things in our life, and we have an opportunity to share that with others, we, to be generous with what God has given us. And because of that, we grow in our relationship with God, but more importantly, too, we grow in our relationship with the people around us, whether it's a brief moment in an encounter with someone on the street, or it's a longer-term relationship that you have with another group or organization because uh, you, you have shown generosity. So anything else you want to share before we wrap this up, Jeff? Well, just to lift up again, uh, you know, in Lent is a great time to reclaim some intentionality around those things. And um, it's not part of just your annual stewardship campaign and funding the church or something like that. It's about being a faithful person in God's world. And uh, now is a good time to, to reclaim that, refocus on it, and uh, integrate it into your own life. Well, thank you for joining us for another special Lent edition of the Two Bald Pastors. We are the Two Bald Pastors, and we are here to help help you connect your faith with your life. I'm Joe McGarry. 
I'm Jeff Sinabaldo. Thank you very much for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day. Bye now. They might not have hair, but they really do care about faith and life. Two bald pastors. Welcome to Two Bald Pastors, a podcast about real faith and real life. I am Jeff Sinabaldo. And we are two follically challenged pastors serving in congregations of the New England Synod and the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. We are here for special edition Lent. Why Lent? And today we are talking about Lent 4. Why share? You know, Jeff, my mom always told me that sharing is caring, so 